Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bodacious Babe podcast. My name is Michael Davies, and I will be your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, This is the very first episode of the Bodacious Babe podcast, so I just kind of want to create a little intro to what um, we'll be discussing and what we'll be talking about here. So um, the goal of this podcast is to empower others to take life by the horns, embrace their fullest potential, be who they want to be, and basically fighting against all the odds to become who you are to your best and fullest capacity. Um, I grew up in a cultured, Christian cultured um, environment, and it was not always um, encouraged to be authentically me. Um, I will go into uh, detail in another episode, but basically, um, growing up as a child and a young adult, I was kind of given a set of guidelines and expectations um, in order to become the best person I can be, which I am very grateful for um, because it's made me who I am today. But however, with that set of guidelines, I was kind of put into a box and I didn't necessarily fit into that box. So my goal with this podcast is to help others who are stuck in, in a box, whether it be a church culture or a societal culture or um, economic culture, um, you're just put, put into this box where you're expected or kind of it's just known in the, you know in this um, little box that you're put in to behave or be a certain way. Basically, fighting against all the odds, fighting against prejudices, um, fighting against expectations, and really embracing who you are authentically within and having the courage to step outside of that to use your voice, to speak up, and to um, basically step into your power. So um, the goal with this podcast is to kind of encourage and empower people to become who they are to their fullest. Um, And a lot of of the time, we are that person holding us back from becoming who we want to be. Um, And the reason of that is based on how we were raised, people that we were surrounded by, um, really has a lot to do with, with our upbringing and, and what we were told would help us succeed or become a certain way in our life. We would have to live up to these certain guidelines and expectations. Um, so kind of going back to, to me personally and to my upbringing, um, I was raised in an LDS household, in an LDS culture. Um, For those of you who don't know what LDS is, it stands for Latter-day Saints. And basically, um, in other words, it's the Mormon religion, known as the Mormon religion. Um, So I grew up LDS. My parents... um, were divorced at a very young age, so I didn't necessarily grow up in a traditional LDS household, 
Um, but there was a certain point in my life um, where we were going to church and, and I was practicing um, very involved in church and, and very much believed in uh, the religion. I am no longer affiliated with the LDS religion, but um, a lot of my family and friends still very much are, and I love them dearly. I, you know, the talking about this has is not soliciting any type of debate on theology or religion or who's right and who's wrong. It's not meant to be anti, not meant to bash anyone um, for their beliefs. This is just my experience that that I had growing up, um, things that I learned throughout the course of my life, which I'm only 31 years old, but I have learned some things um, through going through the uh, the religion aspect and then after leaving the church. Um, I've just had a, a big mind shift and a big um, kind of awakening spiritually, mentally, um, and you know, even a huge change physically. Um, within the last year and a half or so, I've actually lost 60 pounds. And a lot of that had to do with my mind shift, um, with my soul searching, with my spiritual awakening, and with healing um, past mental traumas um, and childhood traumas that I didn't necessarily understand. So um, kind of I'm sure people in other religions can relate to this and and maybe not even religion just just uh, expectations from family members or parents or friends or grandparents whoever it is a lot of the time like we kind of keep ourselves limited to these expectations and living up to them and it kind of limits what we can do um with our our fullest capacity of what we can do because we set those limitations ourselves. So with that being said, the goal here is not to tell people to leave their religions. It's not to um you know make others feel bad for their beliefs if you're not aligning with them anymore. The goal here is to simply encourage and empower people um who may be experiencing the same thing or, you know, something similar. Um, The goal is to encourage and empower people to step outside of the box that people are trying to fit you into and just be authentically you. Be brave enough to um, speak your your opinion. If you're having a gut feeling, be brave enough to embrace that gut feeling, dive into it, harness it, and do your research and your due diligence in figuring out what's best for you. Um, so going back to growing up in, in an LDS household, um, I very much, I took these teachings I was getting very seriously, um, and it pretty much just kind of stumped me in my growth for me personally. Going back to my childhood, my parents... Um, got pregnant with my older brother at a very young age. My mom was 16 and my dad was 17. My mom came from a Catholic household um, and my dad came from a Mormon household. Um, My dad kind of explains himself as being the black sheep where he was kind of the only one out of six kids who didn't necessarily grasp 
um, the Mormon religion um, as everyone else did. Uh, it just wasn't for him. Um, and, and when him and my mom got pregnant, um, her family immediately kind of booted her and, and disowned her at the time because they were so disappointed in her getting pregnant, um, which is really harsh. <laughs> you know, that's like, dang, this, is a, this should be celebrated, a, a baby coming into this world. Nowadays, people are struggling to get pregnant. People pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a pregnancy, for a baby. But um, that's another story as well. We'll have to get into another episode. But basically, my, my parents, um, they had basically had no other choice but to get married from the things that they were both taught within their religions. Uh, the best option for them was to get married. And so basically, my dad's family took my mom in. She converted to the Mormon religion. They got married and they had to start adult life at a very young age. Um, years, four years later, I end up uh, being born and my parents weren't doing so hot in their marriage. I mean, they're 21 and 22 years old. You can only imagine how hard that would be, um, right, with, with two kids. That's just so young. I didn't have my daughter until I was 29. So I just, I can't even fathom um, being mature enough to raise two children at age 21, 22. Um, anyway, so that marriage ended up kind of fizzling out. And my mom was not really in my life, age one to three years old. My dad lived with his parents and my grandma and my aunts basically um, raised me while he was off working during the day. Uh, by the time I was three years old, my mom suddenly appeared back into my life and divorced my dad and she got full custody because she was uh, getting remarried and the man that she lived with had uh, a home, was seven years older than her, was just very stable. And my dad just felt like he had, had lost completely. And um, she got full custody of us. And then I'm just with this random lady I don't even know, <laughs> and this random man I don't even know. And we uh, we move away and, and my dad still lives in Utah. And then my parents ended up moving to California, my my mom and my stepdad, um, you know, and mind you, I'm three years old, I have no idea who these people are, really, and they have a baby on the way, and my, my little brother was born in California. After he was born, uh, they moved us to Arizona, where uh, both of their families lived at the time, and I, I was been raised in Arizona, and... Um, and the man that my mom married was also LDS. Uh, he has a, a not extremely traditional LDS background, but he, he has, was kind of in and out active. Um, but he did serve a mission. For those of you who don't know what a mission is, basically um, when, when a man in the church of, of the LDS church turns 18, 19, it's expected of them to go on a mission for a year and a half to two years to basically spread uh, the gospel and to teach people about the religion. And the goal is to, to baptize people into the church. And so um, he did end up going on a mission 
at age 19. Um, but, you know, when him and my mom got married, he's in his, I believe he was in his late 20s. Um, so yeah, uh, basically my, my mom and my stepdad raised me and I would go and visit my biological dad in Utah, uh, during the summers and then every other, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving all growing up. So growing up in my household with my mom and my stepdad, you can imagine my relationship with them wasn't very strong. I, I think it was deep-rooted in me as a child that I didn't trust them because they didn't raise me as a toddler. And those those ages, one to three, are crucial for developing trust and love and safety with with um, you know within the mind of a little one because you're basically they're learning who who their parent is and they're learning how to trust and love and and um, get to know their parents. So you can imagine how hard it was for me growing up with, with my mom, who I never knew. And then this new man, and they just have this new baby. Um, and they just kept having more and more babies. <laughs> it's very common in the Mormon religion to have lots of children. <laughs> um, so growing up in this household was, was a little difficult for me. Um, I was very quiet. I was very to myself. I, I uh, um, just you know, was kind of an introvert for, for most of my childhood. Um, and I, I started seeing when I was about eight years old, my mom stopped getting out of bed. My mom started acting different. Um, and she would be in bed all day and it would literally be a celebration when my mom got out of bed. And, um, we would ask her why, you know, why she would always be in bed. And she said that she was quote unquote sick and had to take her medication and it made her very tired. And, um, I, I later on, you know, years later in my, in my mid twenties, I learned that my mom had addiction to narcotics and, um, she had a history of drug use and that's why she wasn't in my life when I was a toddler. Um, and so, uh, you know, later on as an adult, I learned that. But all throughout my childhood, it was very confusing. It was, it was very confusing because initially I don't really know who, you know, this woman is. And then as I start, you know, growing up in my household with my mother, I learn that I love her and she's sweet and she's kind and she's genuine. And then all of a sudden, um, once all the babies are born and... and um, I'm at an age where I can kind of somewhat comprehend something's off. Um, I she all of a sudden is is just kind of disappeared from my life because she's always in bed. She's basically bedridden. Um, and my stepdad, you know, by now there's six children. He's working his ass off to to make a living to provide for these six children. So he somewhat became you know, kind of like a workaholic, but I mean, I completely understand because he had to take care of all these kids with a, with a wife who's in bed all day and not functioning, um, because of all this medication. And so, um, for me as a child, I felt very neglected. I felt very, um, alone and I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel paid attention to. And, and I had these younger siblings 
um, who needed to be bathed, who needed to be fed, who needed to be taken to dance, who, you know, we needed to um, kind of step in and, and do all these things for my little siblings when my mom couldn't do it. So my stepdad ended up hiring a nanny. She wasn't a live-in nanny, but she would come and, and drive us around places and, and grocery shop and, and make us dinner and things like that. Um, but when she wasn't there, me as the oldest daughter, I, I kind of just naturally stepped into that role and, and it was kind of put on me the responsibility of, of being like the motherly um, role when, when she wasn't there. So, you know, growing up in, in an environment as a child where you you just don't feel seen or important unless you're um, performing like motherly duties and taking care of everyone else, it was really hard for me to find my own worth and my own purpose. Um, growing up, I danced and I loved to dance. That was how I expressed myself. I loved singing. I, I was, I participated in a lot of church activities where I was doing musicals, I was uh, doing plays, I was in choir, and um, I was very involved, and I actually took on a lot of, like, lead roles. Um, I I became very involved in girls' camp and, and uh, all the young women's and youth programs because I just didn't feel um, fulfilled within my own home, so I, I grasped onto um, my church callings within the LDS church. And that's where I felt important. I was given callings and given um, roles and leadership roles. And because I naturally just stepped into leadership roles, you know, because of my family home, family life. Um, so I was very involved in church and I loved it. it. It's where I felt important and I felt loved. But when I went home, I felt alone. I felt unseen. And I, I only felt important when I was completing a task um, that my mom could not. So, um, you know, it's very, it was very difficult uh, for me to find my own um, happiness um, for myself. So basically... Um, Growing up in 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 this in church where I had a, a very like strong role in participation, um, I became very involved in the teachings and I I dug into the scriptures, I dug into um, the gospel, and I actually became got to the point where I became very self righteous, and I started judging my family and I started resenting my family because my parents. Um, weren't extremely extremely active. I knew there was something off with my mom, but I think I was just so young, and I was never exposed to any like drugs or or narcotics or anything. I didn't understand what was really going on. I just thought my mom doesn't love me enough to get out of bed. My mom is, uh, or or she would um you know say she's too sick and she doesn't feel good and she's hurting. So she would play the victim, and and so in my mind, I had to cater to her um, playing the victim to receive love. Like um, I would bring her food, or I would help her clean her room, or I would do anything I could to receive some type of love from her, but it was always like victimized love. So um, I never really felt like true love and and like encouragement and, and appreciation from my mom. Um, so I, I just 
became more and more resentful the more I, I got active in church because in church, I'm sure this is for a lot of religions, Christian religions especially, but in the LDS religion, um, as women, we're taught our main role is to become a mother, to become a nurturer, and to find a husband who can support us through that, and we can support them. Um, it's very much, they're very much patriarchal and, and matriarchal roles where um, the woman's role is is kind of seen to be the, the supportive to the husband as the, as the husband is guided by God. And, the, and then the woman is the one who nurtures and cares for the home and for the children. So it, it was very much instilled in me at a young age um, to become a mother. And I already developed these, um, th- this desire because I had to play this motherly role as a child. Um, leading into my teenage years and into my adult life. Um, I always held that role. And, you know, I loved it. I loved it. But I wanted to do that for my own children, um, you know, one day. So I guess, um, you know, what as I got older into my, like, late teens, I, I really wanted to find a husband because <laughs> that's what we're encouraged as women find a husband, find a return missionary, get married ASAP, and um, have babies. And you know, there's a whole reason behind that is basically the, the goal is to save yourself for marriage in the LDS religion. Because if you save yourself for marriage, you can get married in the temple. You can't get married in the temple if you're not worthy and you're not pure and you're not clean, right? So um, saving yourself for marriage you're going to have better odds getting married in the temple um, with full worthiness. So I wanted that because, I, like I said, my head was in deep in the, in the LDS culture and religion, and I wanted that. And I immediately received it. As, as soon as I started uh, dating right outside of high school, I got married pretty quickly and got into some serious relationships. And I got married when uh, I got engaged when I was 19. I got married when I was 20. And um, I was ready to just get the hell out of my house, (laughs) out of my childhood home, because I could not stand to live any longer the way that I was with the family I I was seeing, you know, where I was the self-righteous person and I'm I'm seeing my mom just plummet and my my stepdad's gone because, you know, I can only imagine how he's feeling with a wife who's stuck in bed all day. and, you know, taking narcotics all day and, and he's trying to provide for children and a family, holding it together. Um, but, you know, it, it was just a recipe for disaster. Um, and so basically when I got married, I, I wanted children immediately. And I think subconsciously I wanted this so badly to prove to myself that I could be a better mother. And it was unhealthy. And, uh, you know, that's probably what caused my infertility. I uh, tried for seven years. We tried for seven years. Um, after two years, I had my first miscarriage. And, and it was devastating. Absolutely devastating. Um, and I had another miscarriage uh, two, two and a half years later. 
absolutely devastating because all I wanted were children. And so this is kind of my first miscarriage is what kind of got the wheels turning in my head because my whole life in the LDS religion, I've been taught my one and only role in this life is to become a mother and a wife and a nurturer. Well, I'm a wife. I already have these motherly instincts and I'm devout to my religion. I'm doing everything I know I should, everything I've been taught, all the the guidelines. I'm following the commandments. I'm keeping the word of wisdom. I stayed clean and pure so I can get married in the temple worthily. Why am I not being blessed with a child? And it really got my wheels turning in my head because I've I didn't have my mom close at the time. And so she just was, you know, in her own world while I was going through this. I didn't have any other, you know, motherly um, people in my life to to talk to about this. And I was very involved in church. So I talked to my bishop. I talked to, um, you know, my friends and family and acquaintances in church. And every single one of them said the same thing to me. And it just devastated me. Are you reading your scriptures? Are you going to the temple? Are you wearing your garments? Are you following the word of wisdom? Are you a good wife? Are you paying your tithing? And every single one of them said that to me. And I'm like, of course I am. Like, are you kidding me? Of course I am. I want babies. I want a happy life. I love my husband. I I want a family. Of course I'm doing these things. I love the church. Of course I'm doing these things. But, you know, instead of just wrapping their arms around me and, and supporting me and saying, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. They shamed me. They shamed me and said, well, you know, if you're not, if you do these things, God will bless you. Like, you know, there's something you're lacking in because you're obviously not, you know, having a baby. So, like, there's something, there's something you can do better at. And, and I had multiple people, friends, family, and, and acquaintances tell me this that were members. And it absolutely broke my heart. But what it did, what it, what it did more so was anger me. Because I'm like, who are you to tell me? that I'm not worthy when I'm living up to all the guidelines and expectations and, 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 and uh, you know, commandments that I've been given with the church that I love, that I've poured my heart and soul into. Who are you to tell me that God's with, going to withhold blessings from me? And so that's when the wheels really started turning in my head is, is God withholding blessings from me? Am I a bad person? What, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, and and by by now I'm you know I'm um, at this time I've I've tried to help my mom I've made amends with with my mom but and and now they're kind of getting my 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 mom and my stepdad were getting to the point where they're on the verge of divorce and I was trying to support my mom because you know my mom is a very victimized person and I'm a very sweet loving person so of course I. I'm trying to help her and and tell her like how important and loving she is, but um, you know, I'm like I feel like I've I've made amends with my mom. Like I'm not a bad person. Like why isn't God blessing me? You know, and so this is like the little box 
that my mind was raised in of these are the guidelines, these are the 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 things that you should do and then if you do these things god will bless you but in my mind i'm like there's got to be more to it and the, and there's there's just got to be more to it because there's no way that god wouldn't bless me if i'm doing everything that i thought i should and so that i really started thinking like there's just got to be more there's got to be more than this and i don't like that people are shaming me and making me feel bad and making me feel like there's something I'm lacking to not receive blessings from God. Because people on the street doing drugs are getting pregnant. Be criminals who are, you know, stealing and, and wreaking havoc are getting pregnant with babies. Like, there's no way... <laughs> that God's withholding blessings from me because I'm not living up to the expectations of the Mormon church, which I was. I did everything to a T. <laughs> you know, like I'm a, I'm, when I have my mindset on something, I'm a very type A person. Like I am super efficient. I will make sure to exceed every checklist so I can achieve my goal. So, it was very heart-wrenching, very confusing. And uh, that was kind of what plummeted, well, not plummeted. <laughs> That's what engage, engaged me and empowered me to kind of seek uh, God's love and Christ's love outside of the realm of what I was raised in and what I knew. And I, I knew that whatever was going on, it, it, it didn't feel good. And there had to be more. And at that point, I, um, I told my husband, like, listen, I don't align with, with this. This doesn't feel right for me. I don't, I need to take a step back from church. I need to take a break because this is how I feel. And, you know, of course, that was very hard for him to hear because the church was the one thing that we called ours. We got married in the temple. That's the one thing we did together that was very special. And so it was very devastating to hear from me uh, that I didn't necessarily believe or align with this anymore. And it was it was causing struggle and hurt in my life. And, you know, he was very upset. He was very upset. And he almost played devil's advocate with me instead of supporting me and, and um, you know, having respect. He kind of almost lost respect and, and started playing devil's advocate with me. And, and, well, if you don't believe in this, then what do you believe in? I'm like, I don't know. I, I just know I, this doesn't make me feel good. And it's going to take time for me to figure out what I believe in and, and what feels good. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, like I resonate with Christ. I know God's there for me. I resonate with Christ. And so I'm going to seek, um, you know, other, other churches and other teachings that teach about Christ, because I want to know about Christ. And, um, so I go to, I go to non-denominational churches, you know, and of course that did not make my husband happy. He's very upset. And so I asked him, why don't you come with me? If it'll make you feel more comfortable to come with me, come with me. And he comes with me and, uh, you know, he, of course he did it just for me to, to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And, you know, but I, the whole time he had his arms crossed and was just not open to any of it. And I immediately was just crying my eyes out. 
and and I I you know the re the the music really resonated with me seeing the words up on the on the walls and just seeing people praising with no remorse and and all their hands in the air and and singing and crying like you do not see that type of stuff in a Mormon church I will tell you that right now is it was beautiful and I'm like wow like these people are worshiping like they really love God like holy cow this is nuts you know and growing up in the Mormon church we sit in pews and we we're we're quiet we're told to fold our arms be reverent you're not allowed to clap. You're not allowed to hoot and holler. You just sit there and you be quiet and you sing when the when the song comes on and you you listen and you're you're humble and you're reverent. And so it's a very quiet environment and it's a it's it it's just different. Um, going to this non-denominational church, like I was like, holy shit! Like people really love God here. Like this is crazy. Like they're showing their love for him and, and, and it's just like it was beautiful. I literally was bawling my eyes out and my husband the whole time was like, What the hell? Like you what's wrong with you? So it was just a very impactful experience for me and that that's that's when things started changing for me is I started realizing like there are other outlets of see of connecting with a higher power and whether you believe in God or Christ, there there are so many outlets of connecting with God and connecting with, you know, the higher power. And, um, this happened, this experience happened all I was 26 years old and I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter at 27 years old and we had to go to fertility for it, you know, and it was almost like a miracle, um, because we were on the verge of ending things. Like it was, it got to the point where, you know, um, we just were on the different pages, like it was it was a struggle. I would I would go to non-denominational churches, and then um, my husband would come with me sometimes, and then I'd go to Sacrament LDS Sacrament with him sometimes. But we just were still on completely different pages. And you know, honestly, during my pregnancy, I kind of knew like I don't think that we're gonna be married after my daughter's born. You know, and and it was a blessing, and it was it was a miracle that I had my daughter, and um. After I had my daughter, I started realizing when she was about, you know, one years old, you know, during that whole first year, it's all about her. We cut like I, me and my husband weren't really connecting anymore, but we were fully focused on my daughter. And, um, you know, she's a newborn. She's, she's our, she's what we always wanted. Like it took seven, seven years to get her. Like we wanted her. And, um, she was, she was everything in our lives. She was like the, the, star the light of our lives but we just I think we both knew you know after she was born that we just weren't really connecting anymore and after after I had her uh, that's where I really started opening up my mind a little bit more and I started doing more research within my church I I, I started um, learning more about women empowerment and and uh, you know because Growing up in the LDS church, I never really felt um, that my voice mattered because it's a very like patriarchal type of religion with, with where the men receive revelation. Only men can be prophets. Only men can be bishops. And it's just 
Um, you know, I've been out of church. I've been out of the church for two years, so I don't know if that's changed because I know that they they change a lot of things. Um, you know, every year, but I just know during, while I was in church that men, women can't hold roles like that. And, you know, even, even it's taboo for women to even receive revelation, you know? So it's revelation, like so something so spiritual and, and, and intimate. And, um, when I would have like, these dreams or when I would have a spiritual revelation or some, I felt like I had like an answer to my prayers and I would talk to my husband about it. He was like, what? Like you can't receive revelation. Like, so it was just very like weird for him. He didn't understand it because we're really taught that only men receive that connection to God. And we're also taught that women can't um, you know, receive exaltation and go to the highest level kingdom in heaven without um, a man, uh, being married to a man and with a man pulling them through the veil. So, you know, growing up as a woman in, in the LDS church, I never spoke up and used my voice because it's just kind of more so about the men, <laughs> you know? Um, so... Anyway, what the topic I was I was getting onto is um I started really finding my voice and I started finding my 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 empowerment as a woman and and how important I was um outside of the LDS church and the connection that I can have to a higher power and and um I can have spiritual revelation. I can have a spiritual awakening to, with a higher power without anyone criticizing it or or shaming it or looking at me like I'm freaking Bigfoot like a Neanderthal or a freaking abominable snowman like who are you what you can't have these revelations what so you know um I as a as a mother I started just feeling more uh, of a connection with my my spirit spirituality and I I had such love like as a mother and just realizing like I gave birth to a, my daughter like that is that is godlike like we literally are are gods on earth like given given this power to create beautiful life and we don't see what what a blessing that is like that is godlike power like I created this baby like this is this is incredible this is amazing and so I got really in touch really in touch with my spiritual side and and I, I just started realizing, you know, the church isn't for me. I don't fit into this box. There's more for me. And, you know, of course, doing a bunch of um, research on, on the, the church history, religious aspect of it, like I just didn't align with the Joseph Smith stuff anymore. I learned a lot about um, him and, and his background. And I just, you know, my path was more so with Christ, and I, I sought after Christ and, and God and a higher power and, and my spirituality elsewhere. So um, at that point, I realized that when my daughter turned one and, and I, I had told my husband that I wanted a divorce. And, um, you know, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard. It was the hardest year of my life, hands down. I left the church and I divorced my husband in the same year, and it, holy crap, it it affected my family for sure. 
my my family, my friends. I lost a lot of people, um, family and friends, because I made this decision. But what the hardest part of it of, of all was stepping into my power, stepping into my heart and soul, and embracing what I knew to be true for myself, knowing I would be criticized, knowing people would drop me as a friend, and, and, and knowing people would think I'm crazy. Because that is the number one thing people say when a woman leaves the church or divorces her husband is, oh, she went crazy. Because nobody can can tolerate the truth and nobody wants to hear the truth because um, it means that they went digging for information that they shouldn't have because it, it's really frowned upon to go researching your own your own church. Isn't that crazy? It's frowned upon to go into your own church website to research all the journals and all the all the um, essays that are within your own church history, written by prophets, written by um, all these church leaders. It's so frowned upon to do that. Why? <laughs> you know, it should be encouraged to go and learn about your church history, but it's frowned upon because they're, you're not going to find the best things, honestly. It's sad. So um, that can be for another episode too. But basically, the, the end of the day, I fought against all odds. I fought against everything I was taught. I fought against... Um, all the all the assumptions and and criticisms that I would get from my family for making this choice for me and for my daughter, you know my my uh, my ex still takes my daughter to church and I'm totally fine with that because I want her to experience. I want her to to be exposed to anything she can as spiritual nourishment so she can make a choice when the time comes what's right for her because. I wouldn't have been able to know what, what I need and what I don't need if I didn't experience the things I did um, growing up in the church. I'm grateful for it. And one thing I want to say, and I'll end, end with here, is I'm grateful for my upbringing in uh, the LDS church because it did teach me standards. It taught me um, you know, to be careful with people. I, it, it gave me standards and morals as far as like, don't drink, don't do drugs, and and don't have sex. I was grateful for those because I and I'm proud to say that I waited till marriage to have sex. And you know, of course, like people in my family haven't. My parents didn't. They're sixteen, seventeen year old. I don't. I don't um, condemn them for that at all. But for me, like it, it was very empowering for me. And. I'm grateful for the standards. I'm grateful for the community. People love to serve in the church. And I'm so grateful for like my young women's um, leaders and for the people in my life that made me feel important and feel loved. And I didn't have that at home as a child. But as I entered into the adult life and, and to um, kind of more, the more so the the uh, in-depth topics like um going into adult life, having a family, and, and why it wasn't working out for me. Those things, that's where everything kind of changed for me. So I just want to end with, with saying, if you have a gut feeling, follow it. 
if something doesn't feel right, listen to it because it's coming from somewhere. Something that I wish people wouldn't say is if if you feel doubt or if you feel confusion, that's from Satan. And no, it's not. That's actually your your body and your soul is more sensitive than your mind. And if your body and your soul and your heart feels something is off, you need to listen to that and dive into it and figure out figure out where it's coming from and why. And then your mind will follow and you'll start to understand and figure out what you need to do. So, um, you know, the, the end of the day, be you, be brave, be authentic, have courage, speak up. And don't be afraid to step into who you who you want to be, who you are, and and take your power back. So, um, I I at my no means was this meant to bash or or um, blame or anything. Like I said, I'm very grateful for the way I grew up. I just hope to encourage others and to send support and to just empower you to be your best. Thanks for tuning in, lovelies.